Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 for 12.50 a.m. The Fan, along with our guy, Jacob Morley. If you listen to the Wendy's Big Show and listen to the interviews I do on 12.50 a.m. The Fan, you hear Jacob Morley uh, all the time. He is uh, one of our draft guys we go to for draft coverage. He did our draft show with Gary Ellerson and myself uh, last year. You follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley, of course, uh, part of Packer Report and 24-7 Sports. And uh, he's filling in tonight for Ryan Horvath, who is off doing his duties with uh, BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Radio Network. Uh, as it's tourney time, and they are really, really busy. Uh, Jacob, before we get going any further, I want to give you the opportunity, and I'll give you several more, to promote your draft guide that you got out there, because that's how we came across you last year, and it's really, really good. Yeah, I appreciate that, Sparky. Um, so if you if you just type in Green Bay Draft Guides or Gumroad, uh, that's the website that hosts it, and Green Bay Draft Guide, it'll take you right to the website where you can uh, pre-order it right now for $8.99. I believe it goes up to like 10 bucks in a few weeks here once we get to kind of uh, the beginning of April. Um, or if you follow me on Twitter, um, you know, you can go to my pinned tweet and find it there. Uh, it's, you know, 225 prospects written up uh, through the lens of the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, when you're reading Bruglers or Zierlings or any of those guys who do awesome stuff, you know, obviously they, they write it just through the lens of like, Hey, here's the prospect. Here's, you know, the pros, cons, all that stuff. This is pros, cons, boom, how they fit with the Packers right now, how they would fit with this team. Are they a good fit? Are they a medium fit, low fit, all that stuff. And the other thing that has really been picking up steam with that, but doing it the last couple of years is the, the, I call it, it's the Packers people top 300 list. And all that is, it's basically, we have taken a, a filter, essentially, looked at everyone the Packers have drafted since Ted Thompson, everyone the Packers have played uh, since this coaching staff has been there and beyond. And you can look at and find similar athletic thresholds, size, speed, weight, all that stuff for every single position. And the Packers, they like things. They like certain things about certain players. Um, a good example of this is last year, there were five guys in the draft at the wide receiver position that hit every single threshold on that list. And I will name those five guys to you and you tell me if they sound familiar. One of them is Christian Watson, who, you another, love. who I love, still love. Another yep. one, Romeo Dobbs, 
Another one is Bo Melton, who is on the Packers uh, offseason roster now. Another one, Samari Toure. And the last one is Kevin Austin. So four out of the five in that entire draft class that hit every single metric um, that the Packers seemingly like um, ended up, you know, on the roster. Who knows? Maybe Kevin Austin will be on the roster, too, when it's all said and done because they could use another receiver. But um, if you want access to that, it's all in there. It's a digital book. It'll be in your email uh, April 10th. You can download it that morning, go through all that stuff, um, print it off, do whatever you want to do with it. Uh, like I said, it's $8.99 right now, jumps to 10 bucks, I think, when it releases on the 10th. Um, but it's it's an essential need for any Packers fan on draft day. So make sure you go out and get it. All right, so let's talk about the wide receiver position because that is one position I see you always talk about. Nope, he doesn't fit in what the Packers want. Nope, this dude fits in what the Packers want. Addison from USC probably will be there uh, at 15 is my guess. However, you guys, uh, you specifically, have been all about Hyatt, the wide receiver uh, from Tennessee, which personally, I I wouldn't take him at 15. I feel like that's way too high. Uh, but Packers are going to do what Packers are going to do at this point. Uh, so tell me the difference of why the Packers would like Hyatt versus why they wouldn't like Addison when you're <clears throat> stacking them up from a Packer perspective. Yeah, I mean, and the interesting thing with Hyatt is he does not hit every metric that the Packers like. There is a big, ugly red dot. Um, in his metric, and that's his weight. He's really light. They would he would be the lightest wide receiver that they've drafted since Ted Thompson. Wow. And the on, the only reason, and I like him just as a prospect, uh, but then you start hearing whispers, and I've talked to other you know people who cover this team, and the Packers have done a ton of work on Jalen Hyatt, and I think it was Justice Mosqueda that had the info. He heard it at the combine that the Packers essentially they view Hyatt the same way they viewed Olave last year who they were saw that tweet. Yep. they were ready to move up and take uh olave but i mean the saints sold the farm to go up and get him i think at 13 or wherever it was and he was a light guy you know he was not a super dense guy so maybe you know maybe there's a little bit of changing of the guard here with as far as you know what they care about as far as the density and and the weight that these guys carry and the reason uh, the reason they like those bigger, denser guys are because in Matt LaFleur's offense, everything is predicated on the run. If you can't, and and Matt will say this, if you can't play on first and second down, we can't play you. And so it is interesting to say, okay, well then what about Hyatt? Because he's a light guy and it, it would be interesting how they would use him. I think, I think what the process is, and now I'm just, I'm projecting, I have no idea, but I think what they are thinking is we have one guy in Christian Watson who you have to fear when he's on the on the field. And we like that. And we got a taste of that last year and we want more of it. And Hyatt is, you know, he came out and ran a 4-4 at the combine, which is weird to say that that was a disappointing 4-4. I mean, you watch this guy on tape and he makes people look like they're, you know, running in sand. He is, he's just that type of guy who has that innate ability to to get past safeties and beat guys over the top. I mean, what what he did to Georgia and Alabama is – we've never seen it. Just haven't seen people do it. I mean, he scored four, five touchdowns against yep. Alabama. And that right there in itself should tell you that, you know, here's a battle-tested guy, came, came through the SEC and has basically blew it up this last year as far as – uh, his ability and kind of like announcing himself to the national stage um, that, Hey, I'm a dude. And, uh, and he, he's a stud. And so it is interesting. Cause I don't, I can't sit here Sparky and tell you like, this is how they would use him. 
other than the fact that I think he can play in the slot. He can play outside and him and Watson together are it's terrifying to think of. I mean, it's it's it would be a high flying offense. You um, you talk about, you know, the long game and how uh, the the Golden State Warriors, you know, change the game of basketball with the long ball. Well, we are kind of seeing that in the NFL right now, too, with specific offenses. Look at Mike McDaniel in in Miami, what he's doing with those two ridiculously fast guys. Except the thing is, Watson's bigger than both those guys, and Love has got a better arm than Tua. For and sure. so, uh, you know, just that is what is exciting to me as far as the wide receiver position and Jalen Hyatt. But I, I'm with you, though, Sparky. If they took him at 15, <laughs> that's high. Like that's that's high to take him. I think in the in the guide, he's not a top. He's like I think he's right around our 30th player in this draft. So it wouldn't be unheard of, you know, for someone to get, you know, in that range to go up in the middle of the first round, because with this draft class, I think you've heard me talking about this and a, and, a, and a lot of people have been. I think this draft is about 10 to 12 players deep and then it goes from 13 to 60. And it's kind of a what do you want? What's your flavor type draft as opposed to, you know, there's a ton of can't miss prospects in the top half of the first round. That's just not really there. So if Hyatt's a guy that they just are like, you know what? We like him here as much as we'd like him at 45, and we like everyone about the same. Just take him. So, like you said, that's how the Packers operate, and it wouldn't shock me, although it would take me a second to have to probably hype myself up to it a little bit. What about offensive tackle at 15? Seen some mock drafts on uh, NFL.com uh, with Paris Johnson falling down to that that area of 13, or if they had that pick from the Jets of that trade, ends up having to get 13 or even 15. Uh, I believe is where um, Jeremiah uh, had him. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeremiah had him going to the Packers at 15, I believe, in his most recent mock draft. Chad Ryder had him going 13 in a projected trade for Rodgers in his mock draft. Knowing Bakhtiari's contract situation and so forth after this year, it would make sense to me if they went that way, went offensive line. Your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, that would be, you look back at it and it would just be like, well, duh. Well, duh, they did that. These are these are the Packers. This is how they operate. They have a premium pick. They took a premium position at a guy that's that those guys don't grow on trees. And what's interesting about it, though, is for the Packers, they kind of have grown on trees. And, you know, people will talk about Goody up and down, left and right. And and, and they have. But one thing you cannot take away from him is he probably is is as good, if not better than any. GM in the NFL at identifying identifying offensive line talent. Agreed. And so if he if he believes in a guy at 15 or 13 and he takes them, you just pencil him in for a 12 to 15 year starter. And you know Paris Johnson is the the guy that I think you take him, and I think it would speak volumes to what their plans are with the offensive line because if it wasn't for the Rodgers talk, the draft talk, I think that you know I think that is and will be an, a really interesting conversation that we have all offseason is. Where does Zach Tom play? You know, does Elton stay at guard? What about Bakhtiari? Is he, they said he's over the hump. Is he, you know, what about Yash? Is he going to be the right tackle? I mean, they have so many options. And I think taking a, a tackle up there, like a Paris Johnson or Darnell Wright is a guy, the Tennessee kid that I've heard is a lot higher on people's boards than maybe what people realize. And, you know, it makes sense. Big kid, athletic kid has clean tape in the SEC. Like those guys don't last long. You know, so a guy like that, stick him on the right side and say, hey, we're we're going to protect our young quarterback that we believe in. 
and we don't want them to get touched, you know? And so it, it would speak a lot to what they believe in with Tom and Yash, because as of right now with Bakhtiari, Tom, Yash, and Elton's ability to potentially kick out and play tackle if they would, if they want to go that route. I mean, they're, they have a lot of tackles. They have a lot of guys that can play tackle in the national football league. That is not a normal thing in the NFL. Um, some teams don't have one. The bears hardly had one for most of last season. Right. And, and it's just kind of a, a, an embarrassment of riches that the Packers have. So it would be an interesting uh, move, but it could also be something where it's like, you take this guy and you don't look back and you know, Yash might be a, an average right tackle in the NFL, which is super, super valuable. Paris Johnson might be an all pro at, at a premium position. And then if Bakhtiari's knee or his contract or whatever, it, you know, needs to something needs to happen with you have a guy who is a blue chip blue chipper that you can just slide over to the left and then you can kind of go from there. So I think that's the thought process behind it. And it would not shock me in the slightest if they went that route. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Let's talk about the tight end position. That's another position where I think Packer fans are looking at going, they have to find some tight ends here uh, in this draft because obviously they're not looking to sign one uh, in free agency, at least not yet. They'll probably get somebody cheap later. But uh, as of right now, they haven't done that. They've got Deguara, and that, that's about it. Uh, and I don't know if there's a lot of people buying into Deguara as the starting tight end for the Green Bay Packers. Now, I've suggested in the past, and I'm not really coming off of this necessarily, but I've suggested in the past, you take Mayer, you take Kincaid, take them both. Um, and that, that's what we're going to go. We're going to go with Watson, Dobbs, Toure, these two tight ends. If you can get a veteran tight end or a veteran wide receiver or something like that to go along with it or draft a wide receiver later, fine. Um, cause they're both different type of guys. Now, Washington has jumped onto the scene with the Packers and it appears to be interest in him, the kid out of Georgia. I don't want him at 15. I, that, to me, that seems awfully high. Uh, but then you've got other guys like Laporta that is going to be there later in the draft. You don't take him in the first round. You can probably get him in the second round. Maybe if he falls to the third round. You could get him. What are your thoughts on tight end 
in general for this Packers team and where they should be looking to take one? I mean, yeah, I don't think I think for you know, 15 and 13, like if they have if they end up with those two picks at the top of the first round, that's a little bit that's a little rich for me, especially with the depth of this class. And, and honestly, Sparky, that's why I think it's so intriguing that the Jets picked up those two extra seconds. Because I think that is really where the meat and potatoes of this draft are, is the middle of that second round. And that's where you could, you know, get one get one of those guys. I'm sure a couple of them will be gone at that point. But, I mean, you mentioned, you know, three or four. There's, you know, Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta, that's Tucker Craft, uh, the, the kid out of Michigan, the kid out of Old Dominion, Zach Koontz, I think his name is. And how much fun would Packers fans have with that? Another Koontz, uh, you know, playing. Right. So it, it's there's so many guys in this class that if they don't leave the first two rounds with the tight end, it, to me, maybe it's just really not that important of a position to them because it, this is we haven't seen anything like this in, in, in some time uh, to just kind of pick your poison. Who do you like? You know, like you said, 15. I would have probably said a month ago, you know, mayor, maybe. And some people still have him going 15 to the Packers, and and I would get that, and that kind of that kind of plays into the you know 15 to 45. There's not a huge difference, so just take your guy. And Mayer is a guy that I think is the most ready to play right now, but the tight end position is one that I'm, I, it's so hard to project. I mean, the hashes are different in college. You get to the pro game and you're playing against grown men now and you're asked to do so many different things. And so and it's so dependent on each individual offense. And it it just takes those guys two to three years. So you can sit here and say, hey, Mayer is ready to play so they can take him and he's going to be ready to roll day one. And it still might take him two years before he is what you drafted him to be. So for me, that's kind of my my thought process in theory on the tight end position is always you have just as good of a chance of hitting on a guy in round three as you do in the top 15. So just take one later. And that's going to be what I think I end up falling with in this year's draft class as well. Just if someone's there at 45, let's say you only have the one second round pick. I don't want to pigeonhole myself into saying, Hey, I'm, t- I'm just taking a tight end at that pick. But I think there's a really good possibility that that's still going to be the top player on the board at pick 45. I'm interested in seeing strategy wise, how, they view their offense now going forward, whether it be offensive linemen or tight ends, as far as how much importance is put on how good they are at run blocking versus pass blocking. In the past, pass blocking was always king because Rodgers going to throw it 40 times a game and do that whole thing. How do they view Jordan Love within this offense? Do they view Jordan Love throwing it as much as Aaron? I don't think they do. Uh, so if you're viewing him throwing it 25 times a game, let's say, and something like that, and you're going to rely on the running game more, maybe philosophy changes as far as really what you're looking at from linemen and tight ends. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's so fascinating. You know, someone asked me, they're like, well, you, you think, you know what they like at wide receiver? Like, are they going to change now that Jordan love is the quarterback? And my answer to that would be, no, they know what they want in receiver and they know what makes a good receiver and that's what they like. But I think it is a more valid question to ask, you know, the Packers strategy for offensive linemen is, has kind of always been, you don't have the 35 inch arms. We don't really care. Can you keep your butt pointed at the quarterback yep. with yourself in between the defender and him? And that's all we care about. And, you know, they found guys like Bakhtiari, like Zach Tom, Elton Jenkins is really good at that. I mean, so that's kind of been their philosophy and they have not really drafted the road graders to kind of grind it out on the ground. And you see it with like John Runyon, um, really good in pass protection, 
you know, hit or miss as a run blocker. Josh Myers, same way, pretty good in pass pro, hit or miss as a run blocker. Uh, Yash, that right tackle spot has kind of been that way going back to Mark, Mark, Mark Tauscher. I mean, for yep. Christ's sake. So uh, it's it, it will be interesting. And I think you're right when you know we all talk about it. it this is going to be the final evolution of Matt LaFleur's offense because allegedly Jordan Love is going to run it, you know, all the time. No questions asked as as any young quarterback would. But does that mean like you said, does that mean, hey, A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones are going to be the offense this year. And is it going to be Jordan Love throwing the ball 25 times? I think they're kind of at a spot where they kind of are what they are at this point. It's going to be tough to overhaul that. I think the two spots, you know, that are up for grabs potentially are that right guard spot um, and the center spot. I think they like Tom and Yash at right tackle. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it is interesting, too, because that right guard spot, you know, Runyon has been a really good football player for them, but it, it seems like they're always trying to replace him. It seems like every offseason they say, like, hey, that spot's open competition, which, you know, that's coach speak. It's open competition. Every job's up for grabs. All that stuff is great. Uh, but you're not saying that about Bakhtiari. You're not saying right. that about Ellen Jenkins, you know. So um, it, it is interesting that if if someone was sitting there and we, that's not a spot we've really talked about is the guard spot. And, you know, a kid that kid that we just had on uh, the gold zone on Wednesday night was Cody Mock, uh, the North Dakota State kid who, man, if he's sitting there at 45, he's probably he's projected to play guard. And he is, you know, he's one, he's really good in pass pro, but he's nasty in the run game, too. Um, he, he hits all their athletic metrics. He was a left tackle in college, which is also what the Packers love. Um, he would be a great fit for this team. And I think he'd be someone that like, yeah, if you want to run the ball a little bit more, you want to add a little bit more nasty to your front. I think he's a kid that would fit in really well with this team. So it'll be fascinating to see as we usher in this new era of Green Bay Packers football with Jordan Love at the helm. You know, are they going to change some of their strategy and, and how they how they run things? All right. We're just over halfway through talking with uh, Jacob Morley. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley, uh, of course, of Packer Report 24-7 Sports. Of course, go get uh, his draft guide, the draft guide that they do uh, over there. I'd simply go into his Twitter account. It's pinned. Click right on it, get a discounted rate right now. Otherwise, you wait till beginning of April. It's going to go up a couple of bucks. But again, you're still, even if it goes up a couple of bucks, you're still only talking 10, 11 bucks uh, for over 200 prospects listed and detailed out. And I, I told him before, I, I he, Jacob Morley, if everything plays out right, I think he could have, he could be really good uh, and go to wherever he wants to go at some point if he wants to do this for a living. He's really good, folks. Uh, okay, so let's continue on. I want to talk about defense now. We talked about offense, safety position. I think a lot of people love Branch, safety out of Alabama. Then he runs a four, five, something, four, five, six, whatever it is, 40. And then all of a sudden you say, well, maybe not a 15, maybe we'll wait. I've always been one that doesn't like drafting safeties in the first round. Never been a fan. Always think you can get a safety later or convert a corner into a safety, figure it out. Never put much of an emphasis on it. This team desperately needs one uh, or two or three uh, at this point. How deep is this position in the draft? Could they still end up with uh, a good quality one or two by waiting to the second, third, or fourth round. It's not good. It's not a great class for at safety. And I know Packers fans don't want to hear that because you want to be able to go get your starter on day two or three. And I don't know if that guy's there. And I, and I was never, you know, I talked to people that were like, man, Brian Branch might be my favorite player in this class. Tackle. Sure. For sure. I mean, he, and, he tackles well. And, and I, I never got that. I was like, man, I, I watched the guy. 
And because I'm I'm with you, Sparky, where it's like if I'm taking if I'm taking a safety at 15, he better be Leroy Butler. Like, I and mean, he better be, yeah. you know, it, it, but that I want a dynamic playmaker that I can tilt the field with. Right. And I just I never saw that with Branch. And I think Branch is a, a really good football player. I do. Like if they took him, I don't think you would be disappointed with him. I think he's good. And is he better it, than Clinton Dix? I was just going to reference him because that was kind of the, the thought with him too, right? It was like, yep. it, it's, it, he's going to be a good player. And, and Haha was a good player for a time. It's just, they're so different, Sparky. Like you watch Clinton Dix at Bama. He played their deep safety. He played the spot that the Packers would ask him to play. Branch has not. And people always talked about like, oh, Brian Branch, he's so versatile. He's all this stuff. And my pushback was like, what are you basing that off of? Because he played in the slot 95% of the time. And he's, he's good at it, but he's not really playing safety. He's not, you know, Joe Barry loves to run that cover two split safety, keep everything in front of you type defense. I don't know if Branch can do that. I mean, theoretically, yeah, sure. But I don't want to draft a guy at 15 that I'm having to, one, at a position that it's not a premium position, especially in this defense. And two, I don't want to have to project and I don't want to have to think that hard about how I'm going to use him. I want a guy that, I don't have to think I, I know what I'm doing with you and we're putting you there. And that's, that's that. And I think the Packers get themselves in trouble with that sometimes where, you know, they'll take someone and say, Hey, here coaches, this guy's really good. Well, what do you want us to do with them? Uh, that's your job. You figure it out. You know, that and, was Ted for sure. Yep. And, and I think, and Brian's better about that. I do. I think, you know, Mark Murphy talked about breaking down the silos, all that stuff. And I, I do think they, they do a better job of that, but you know, you get into, the later rounds of this draft class, um, Sidney Brown is a name that gets brought up a lot. But that guy, I mean, if you want another safety on the field that can't tackle, sure, take him. I mean, there's it's just clip, clip after clip of this guy missing tackles. And, yeah, do you love the athleticism? Do you love the short area quickness? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's fun to watch. But it's not cool when he's, you know, flying it, you know, running the alley and, and lunging to hit and whipping. And the guy runs for a touchdown. I mean, the Ibrahim uh, Mitchell, the the Minnesota running back, yep. absolutely had a day with this guy. And so you go watch that Minnesota film. You go watch the Western Michigan film. I mean, two teams that are not, you know, not teams. If you're an elite athlete, an elite prospect, you should be playing really well against. And he didn't. So, And that's the thing with him, too, is he's another guy that did not play that deep safety. Um, two guys that, that I really like are three guys. One is, uh, J- his name's Jair Brown. It'd be fun to have two Jairs in the second year. Sure. He's the, the Penn State kid. Um, loved his film. Was was thrilled watching and this Goody guy. And was at Penn State's Pro Day, wasn't he today, mm-hmm. Friday? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was. Um, he was, for a few reasons, I, I'm sure. But but Jair, but that Brown kid came out and tested horribly at the Combine. Same with, you know, Chris Smith, the Georgia kid, who's someone that you would think could play kind of in that cover two split safety. He didn't test well either. Um, so those are two guys that I was really, you know, pot on. And then they, you know, it's just like, you know, I know numbers and testing aren't everything, but there is a baseline that you want to get to. And those guys didn't get there. Um, but two guys that I really like, one is the Iowa State kid. His name's Anthony Johnson Jr. Um, he's a former corner uh, and he has played in that deep role. And he's got you know, the athleticism, he's got the range on the back end, played corner his first four years at Iowa State. They moved him to safety. I think he's flying under the radar a little bit. And um, he, he'd be a really fun pick in 
um, in Green Bay. The other guy, his name is uh, Trey Dean. And he is a, I think that's his name. I got to look that up. Trey Dean, the second LSU. I believe that's who I'm talking about. That's not, that's the Florida kid. LSU has a kid that's, his name's escaping me, right? Uh, Jay Ward, that's it. Jay Ward. He's he's another kind of kind of the same, you know, played, played some corner, played some outside corner for LSU in the SEC. They moved him to safety. Uh, his, his biggest thing is he's, he's like 188 and the Packers kind of want you to fill gaps as, as a safety. They, they want you to be responsible for run fits. He's got the attitude for it. He will throw his, he will throw himself towards the the fire, but I just, I'm concerned about his body holding up for an entire year. Um, but those are two guys to keep a name on uh, guys that I think could come in and play right away. Um, Jordan battle is another name, Alabama, Alabama kid. Um, he would, he played more of that traditional deep cover two type safety. What about that kid at Texas A&M? Uh, Antonio Johnson. Yeah. I, a lot of people like him. Um, I, I like him fine, but I don't, I don't see like the coverage ability, I guess. I think he's more, I think he would be better towards the line of scrimmage. Gotcha. Uh, but you know, if they, if the Packers think that he can do it, but then again, you're getting into the projection. So that's, what's tough with this, this safety class spark is it's a lot of guys that have not played in a traditional safety type role. So, you know, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see what they do at that position because I mean the, the guys that they could have signed, which they probably couldn't have anyways, are are gone essentially. You know, so are they gonna really roll out there with Rudy Ford and Tavarius Moore as their safeties? Right. And because I think Savage is gonna play in the slot this year. At least I, I hope he is. Um and so it it'll be interesting, but it is if there's one thing that I'm concerned with how they're going to plug some holes on, on this roster, it's the safety position because I don't know where they're going to get it from. You know, right. like tight, tight end, you, the draft is great. Wide receiver, the draft is great. You know, the defensive line, you can supplement guys in there through the draft. And, and those guys seem, you know, you can, you can find some gems and free agency with that. But safety is concerning. The only saving grace, I would say, is it's not hard to, it's really, it, theoretically, it's not hard to play safety in a cover two. Like you should be able to find guys. That Let me ask it. you this. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. What about the idea of Rajul Douglas moving to safety if they were to say draft Joy Porter? Jr.? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think they even need to necessarily draft Joey Porter Jr. Or, you know, like, let's say like uh, Devon Weatherspoon, the right. Illinois kid falls, you know, two guys that I think are really good players. Um, corner could be that sneaky position where we don't talk about it enough and then they take one. 
because I think, you know, kind of piggybacking on what I just said, you know, what is, what's Rasul best at as a corner? He's best at sitting down, reading the, reading what's happening in front of him, making a play on the ball. That's essentially in a really, really simplistic way, what Packers ask their safeties to do. Uh, He's, he's attack. He's a willing tackler. Uh, He's fine there as far as that. And I, I want to say, I, I think that's the plan in is to, to move Sewell to safety because I think he can do it. Um, and I think he can do it well, but it's, it's finding that guy to go with them too. Is it Rudy Ford? It might be, is it someone in the draft? It, it might be. Um, but like you said, if they go ahead and take a corner, um, it would be interesting, especially because, you know, I think a lot of people are still sleeping on Eric Stokes. I mean, kid had a great rookie season struggled his second year or at least was up and down and then got hurt. So he's such an unknown and uh, we'll see what happens with him because I don't want to just write him off either as, as a a stud outside corner. So, you know, that's one of those positions too, though, Sparky, it's so cliche to say, but you just, you can't have enough of those guys that can cover. So we'll see, man. It's, it's an interesting topic for sure. All right. Let's talk about edge rushers. I I feel like this edge rusher clash is, is pretty decent. And I know there's a lot of Packer fans that want them to go edge at 15. Uh, and that's been talked about. I think you can get an edge in the second round. It can be just as good. I mean, you've got Preston Smith, Engabari, Rashawn Gary. They brought back Hollins cheap. He had an impact in the the, the brief time he was with the Packers in the season from the Rams. I like him. Uh, so for me, I guess I'm not as hip on the edge rusher at 15. when I think they can wait on that and get that in the second round. Uh, what's your thoughts on edge rushers and who might still be there maybe in the second round and then maybe at 15 as well? Yeah, just depends, you know, what they think about this class. I, I will, I will say this, the, they brought in Will McDonald, the Iowa state kid, which was interesting to me because to me that opened a door of, wow, he is a lot different than what they typically play. And what I mean by that is Will McDonald is, he's a smaller guy. He wins with flexibility, speed, and explosiveness. And Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, uh, Kingsley, they don't win. They, they overwhelm you. Like that, That's how they win. They're big and athletic and physical, and they just physically overwhelm you. So to me, is that them saying, hey, we would like to bring in the guy with the changeup that can play a little bit different? Because – Mike Pettin had a very, very specific type of edge rusher that he liked to play with. And he did it last year in Minnesota. He did it here when he was in Green Bay. You know, think the Zadarius Smiths, the Prestons, the Garys. Those are his types of guys. Um, Joe Barry doesn't really have a, a, a spot like that. Joe Barry is more, this is what I have and I'll make it work because I don't really care. I just want guys that can get to a quarterback. And and we'll see if that is, you know comes to comes to fruition because the thing with Will McDonald there is and what I'm trying to get at here is Nolan Smith Nolan Smith the the Georgia kid is someone that I didn't really think was an option for the Packers at 15 but as soon as that Will McDonald visit happened I thought okay well if they're gonna bend their rules for Will McDonald Nolan Smith is he's he's Clay Matthews is the comp that you keep getting thrown around with him um he is a relentless pass rusher who wins with speed quickness and just never giving up on the play. That is how he plays the game. You watch his film and it is some of the most fun film. And where did he play again? Played at Georgia. Huh? 
Packers. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, uh, I mean, would you, that be something? I'm yeah. telling you, they're setting this up for Kirby Smart to be the next head coach after Matt LaFleur. I'm convinced. Uh, of it. All right, yeah, go maybe, ahead. Maybe he will be. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, no, but yeah, so Nolan is is a guy that you talk about blue chip prospects. I think Nolan is is a legitimate blue chip prospect in this year's draft class. And the only reason he might be there at 15 is because he's 6'3", 6'4", whatever it is, you know, 240 something. He's not a big 260 pound kid, but he's also someone that you want to talk about leadership and accountability on that side of the ball. Something that the Packers have been lacking, you know, for what the last five since really since Charles Woodson left yeah. on that side of the ball. I mean, he's a guy that you listen to him talk. He is an infectious personality. Um, he gets the most out of every single day. Um, I have not talked to the kid personally, but I've talked to several people that have or people on that Georgia coaching staff. And, you know, he is the kid that they say we want him to be the face of our program because he is just, that's just how he is, you know, killed the interview process was so impressive, you know, with the GMs and the coaches and, and his, his intelligence on and off the field. Uh, he is a guy that there's not a lot of guys at 15 that would make me get up and, you know, do a fist pump. He'd be one of them. And, and I, and I, like I said, I didn't think that it was an option until recently. Um, the other kid that a lot of people talk about at 15 is the Van Ness kid out of Iowa. That dude's just all power. That's well, he's, he's, he is Rashawn Gary. He yeah. is Preston Smith. He, if, if they, and that'll be telling if they're both sitting on the board and they want to take an edge rusher and they just take Van Ness. Well, then that tells you, Hey, we, we got our type. This is just what we like. And, and that's fine. You know, I, I think he's, he's fine. I would probably feel the same way I felt about Rashawn when they took him where it was like, okay, I mean, I get it. I get it that he could really be one of the best players in the league in three years. Um, but just take, you know, it's, it's the Brian Burns, Rashawn Gary conversation yeah. again, where it's like, well, Burns was good right away and he's still really good. So was it smart to take Rashawn who took three years to get there? You know, so it's, it's an interesting combo. Um, but to, you know, the second round, you got the kid, the K state kid, the Felix, I can't say yep. his last name. Neither can I. Um, he's good. He's a good player. Uh, he'd be a lot of fun. You know, you got the Isaiah Foskey. Um, very much fits what the Packers like to do at that position, you know, that traditional type of position. Um, a guy that is interesting to me that I really like that I don't I haven't heard a lot of people talk about is Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri. And he, you know, you talk about hitting checking boxes for the Packers. He checks a lot of them. I think they could get him on day three. And he is very much a developmental type prospect. So uh, th this is a deep edge class, like you said. And I think they could get a guy in the second or third round. The only thing with that, Sparky, is you you see the historical data of edge rushers, and it really is like, man, if you don't take one in the top 30, it's tough. It's tough to get one. There's not a lot of guys out there. Like Zadarius Smith is kind of the poster boy for like, hey, he wasn't a first-round draft pick. He, you know, doesn't have all these athletic gifts. He's just crazy. You know, he's just uh, strong and will run his yep. face through an offensive tackle 100 times a game. Um, Kingsley and Igbari is – is not normal. You know what they got out of that kid last year? That is not normal. You know, a guy like him to, to, for whatever reason he fell and they, they picked him up. I mean, that's not a normal thing at all. So uh, if they don't get one in the top 50, so with that first or second pick, I just, I don't know, man, it's tough. It's tough sledding out there to get one of those guys, but there could be someone sitting there at 45 that they really like. He is Jacob Morley. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Of course, with Packer report 24 seven sports. 
Uh, wrapping it up here on Curtin Long, filling in for Ryan Horvath from BetMGM tonight. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. One last plug for your draft guy, Jacob. Go ahead. Yeah, guys, go pick it up. You're you're not going to regret it. I know we've got uh, we've got people that have gotten it in the past, and I love getting you know comments from people that have it last year and they're like, hey, I already bought it. But um, you know, Gumroad dot Green Bay Draft Guide. Type that in your old Google machine. It'll pop right up, and you can go get yourself one. Or head on over to uh, my Twitter at Jacob Morley. It's my pin tweet. We tweet about it a bunch, but you know, it's me and a bunch of people that you'll probably recognize on Packers Twitter that um, contribute to it. You know, I know Jacob Westendorf is has been a big part of it the last couple of years. Ross Uglum has been a big part of it the last couple of years. So, you know, it's just something that we really enjoy doing, and uh, we're going to continue to do. So, um, go get yourself one so we can continue to do it. I had Westendorf on filling in for Horvat a couple of weeks ago. Yep. He told me that you're a big Anthony Richardson guy. Oh yeah. Um, and oh, yeah. I, 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 I think my other team, my Colts are probably going to take that dude. So I hope you're right. I, I hope you're, right. I can, you better be, I right. can, I can talk to you about the Colts off air. I got some, Oh, you got, some, got, got some stuff. I got some stuff for you. <laughs> Very good. Nobody <laughs> else wants to hear this. With me. <laughs> there he is. Jacob Morley. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Curry long, baby. We record Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. Most times they're posted by 5 PM tonight uh, on Friday night recording later with Jacob. Normally by 5 PM, uh, the podcasts are posted and then they go to YouTube a couple days later. We just started the whole YouTube thing this week. Have a good one. See you. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com sportsfan and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.